I'm happiest in the saddle. <laughs> A fellow sportsman. I am an FBI agent. Great Scott. What do you say we cut the chit-chat? A-hole. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Come with me if you want to live. Hello, and welcome to Retro Ramble. I'm Charlie McGee. I'm George McGee. And this time we are travelling back to 1994 for the James Cameron action comedy that is True Lies. <laughs> yep, it's James Cameron, it's Arnie, and it's a comedy. It's their third collaboration, yeah. and it's our third James Cameron film. So it's nice, nice sort of tie-in there. Yeah, so we're going to be going to some hilarious places. Yes, it is the star Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was so hot back then. So still hot right now. Yeah, we love you, Arnie. Uh, yeah, so obviously Jamie Lee Curtis as well. We have she was so hot back then. <laughs> still hot. Uh, Tom Arnold. He's um, never been hot. Okay. Uh, Bill Paxton. We he, love him. He's always been hot. Yeah. Uh, uh, R.I.P. Bill. We miss you. Yeah, we do. And another film that he's been in along with uh, Arnold as well, because he, he's a very small role in the first Terminator film. Yes, indeed. Uh, as per usual on Retro Ramble, this is George and I. We are brothers. Uh, we take a, a mosey on down memory lane we revisit the films of our youth this time it's the 90s classic that is true lies it's james cameron it's arnie so there's going to be some great set pieces uh ridiculous chases high tension but good production yes yes i mean there, there are some suspicious stuntmen but yeah no we uh, if you've listened to the podcast before you know that yes we have a lot of love for both arnie and James Cameron so we're going to try to avoid this being too much of a love-in but um, repeating too much because we have obviously covered both Aliens and Terminator 2 so we'll probably skip over some of Cameron's that we won't refer to there was no Middle Eastern terrorists in Aliens if I remember right not enough not enough okay so yeah before we go any further if you've listened to these episodes before you know what to expect but if you haven't here's a quick word from George on some general housekeeping yes so um, we are going to be discussing these films in depth from uh, from the very off so it's going to be full of spoilers um, so you have been warned we aim to entertain you know we we try to get our facts right but um, you know if we do get any facts wrong please don't write in actually do write in yeah do, give do, us a call right do, now give, give us a call the, the, the lines are open right but I've got three people on line one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I say it's it's a lighthearted look back at uh, the films of our youth that we grew up with. And we want to see, do these films still hold up? Uh, and if they do, why do they hold up? Yeah, and we'll start with some production chat about how this film came to be. Maybe some of our first memories. How do we remember seeing this film and where we were when it came out? And then we will obviously skip through some of the highlights, our favorite bits of the film. Try to convince you to go back and watch it if you haven't recently. And then there'll be the usual features of Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, where George tells us who was considered for the roles or even considered for the project. Mm -hmm. And Suspicious spin-offs. Obviously, suspicious spin-offs where we like to wax lyrical on the sequels or prequels or whatever that in a world like today would have been considered in terms of building the franchises. And we'll make some contributions of our own. Of course, of course. So, yeah, uh, as long as you've got enough batteries and we don't run out recording halfway through... Get some more. Um, we are going to start recording now. So here it is. True Lies, 1994. Enjoy. How'd it go at the convention, honey? You were the big hit of the show. It's fantastic. It's, I love the computer business. For 15 years, Harry Tasker's been leading a double life. Mr. President, one of our best men is inside. Transmitting now. Right on time. I don't believe I've met you before. Rehnquist. Harry Rehnquist. Now, they're about to collide. What's your exit strategy? I'm gonna walk right out of the front gate. May I see your invitation, please? Sure. Here's my invitation. Give me back a second. Is it a water heater? From James Cameron, director of Aliens and T2. Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's a Soviet MERV 6 from an SS 22N launch vehicle. I married Rambo. Jamie Lee Curtis. Have you ever killed anyone? 
Yeah, but they were all bad. True lies. What can I say? I'm a spy. So, George, True Lies 1994. How did we get this classic and what the hell happened to Lightstorm Entertainment? So Lightstorm Entertainment is still going. So it was set up by James Cameron. I think it was it was set up after Terminator 2. Okay. Uh, and I think it's still going. I think it's probably earning a shitload through the Avatar sequels. So is it just that because he doesn't make very many films, we... That's the only time we see it is when it's one of his Yeah, films. it's basically, I don't think he produces any other, it might be some of the, the documentaries that neither, you know, James Cameron documentaries that neither you or I have seen. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's essentially his own production house. Because I just, I don't remember seeing that on any other Cameron film. No, it was the first, I'd say it was the first film to use that Lightstorm Entertainment. So I think it will be on Titanic and Abadar. And he also set up a an effects company, Digital Domain. Right. And what other production nuggets have you got? What other true lies, truths do you have? Truth. Truth or lies. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you decide. Um, so, yeah, as I said in the intro, this is the third collaboration between Arnold Schwarzenegger and James Cameron. But interestingly, um, whilst, you know, Cameron had been, uh, the Terminator was, was his baby. It was, you know, we've covered it. It came up with uh, out of, a nightmare that James Cameron had had. Um, Save my baby! (laughs) um, Of a a skull in flames. This was actually, it was Arnie that brought the idea to James Cameron. So it's actually based on a French film and I'm a little bit disappointed you've never heard of it, you being a resident Frenchie. I was aware that it was based on a French film, but I didn't know what it was called. What was it it's called? called Le Total. Le Total. With an exclamation mark, a bit like Top Secret. Okay. Know? So to maybe to emphasize, it's a comedy. So yeah, it's a French comedy that came out in 1991. And uh, Arnie discovered it whilst they were doing post-production on Terminator 2. So Arnie took the the idea to Cameron and just said, uh, "I love it's it's a great character." And uh, Cameron's gone on saying, "You know, I've never seen Arnold sort of so enthusiastic about playing a certain character." And once I saw the film and we looked at the script, I could see why he was so enthused. Because for for Arnie, it was quite a it was a, a mixture of the skills that he'd been putting out at the cinema. So obviously he has always been an action hero, but he'd been dipping his toes into the more comedy roles. <laughs> so twins, kindergarten cop, uh, and to a lesser extent, uh, last, last action hero. But at that time, last action hero was still on the table. So they wanted it to be the, the next film after Terminator 2, but uh, due to scheduling, and I think James Cameron at the time was currently working on the script of Strange Days for Catherine Bigelow. Interesting. Um, so Arnie, Arnie went on to... It's a great film. So Arnie went on to make The Last Action Hero, which... Um, why, Arnie? Why would you do this? Yeah, but which is a, a real sort of mess of a film, I think. It's a it good was, idea. It was, it's, it's very fourth wall breaking. But. Yeah, I think it was an idea probably ahead of its time. And I think it got lost in a lot of rewrites because I think it was originally a Shane Black project and it was a very smart idea. And I think it just got a little bit too full of itself and obviously it sort of was a big misfire at the box office lost massively it went up against Jurassic Park and lost uh, quite you know it was a, a real big flop for Arnie so he was when it came around to doing this Arnie was was eager for a hit but it was sort of taking that assured sort of action stakes of Jim Cameron and getting a little bit silly yeah why not? And obviously, it was probably quite refreshing for Cameron as well. He has a few jokes in his films, but doesn't really. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, yeah, he's uh, you know he uh, wrote a lot of the his early films, and he's you know I say he wrote draft of uh, Rambo two. So yeah, he's you know he's done quite a bit of writing, and uh, apparently he originally brought on quite a few comedy writers because he wasn't confident um, that he, he was going to be able to write a funny enough script, and then he had a look at all their jokes and threw most of them out and. You're fired. Uh, yeah. You're fired. <laughs> um, ironically, one of the lines they did keep in was, you're fired. Oh, well. As it also goes without saying, uh, so Cameron was quite busy after, you know, obviously Terminator 2 was a big hit. 
Um, he was writing Strange Days for Catherine Bigelow, who he was also going through a messy divorce with her. So that must have been interesting. Yeah. Um, and he was also, there's lots of stories that he was also uh, working on a Spider-Man film at the time, which uh, got lost in film rights. But there, if you, yeah, there's been a lot of chat about it recently um, and you can find loads of stuff online. There's actually a a really good podcast called uh, uh, Best Movies Never Made, I think, and they go into detail about the James Cameron Spider-Man project, uh, which I think a lot of the ideas carried over into the, the Sam Raimi one in the, the early noughties. Interesting. But back to True Lies, according to the Guinness Book of Records, this is the first movie to have a production budget of over $100 million. Ka-ching! And it had the biggest R-rated, that's that's 15 to our UK listeners, uh, top-earning R-rated, movie of 1994 uh, beating a previous Retro Ramble episode of Speed. Wow, it beat Speed. Mm -hmm. I guess it's the Um, James Cameron Arnie effect. Yes, I mean, uh, yeah, despite the, I say, the the, the struggle that they had with Last Action Hero, uh, I think it was, you know, a big tentpole event. Mm -hmm. Back when, in those glory days, when we did have big R-rated violent blockbusters. Yeah. Just to be clarified, James Cameron had nothing to do with the last action here. Because <laughs> you made it sound like he worked with Arnie, and we both know that isn't true. That isn't true. Although he did make Piranha. Yes, Piranha 2. The okay. the spawning? I have not watched okay. it, and I'm not going to watch um, it. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's it. I mean, I'm going to have a few more sort of truth nuggets, uh, trivia to, to fire at you throughout the... Uh, the review but yeah it's i think it was interesting to see uh, that it was actually something that was pushed forward by by arnie well yeah it's also they for you know this professional working uh, relationship after terminated 2 and obviously just say ah because they'd made a shitload of money yeah, together. exactly can't go wrong um so and it's interesting that it's bold to do this and i think it answers the question because it's fair to say it's come out recently and i think it's in production a tarantino star trek film is being it's 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 one of those things it's been batted around by a few people yes and but there's no sort of confirmation he's apparently not going to direct it he's so he's producing and co-writing it it. okay yeah but there's these sort of things and true lies answers that question well what would a james cameron bond film look like and well that's it and i think even arnie said you know he he's always been a fan of the bond films growing up and who wouldn't want to play bond so if you can't play bond you make you do your own bond parody hi renquist (laughs) with a very strange accent but i love the computer business (laughs) (laughs) i was just like it's so depressing and think yeah i was a computer salesman it's not that bad <laughs> conventions yeah. I was thinking of you when he's talking about the customer's data system and they we can see all our orders <laughs> in real time <laughs> it's just Charlie that's how Charlie presents yeah I um, already know what your uh, suspicious spin-off is going to be yeah Harry Tasker business management yeah in in Vegas in Vegas baby uh, yes I mean and it's it's from the get-go isn't it I mean the first act we oh, well see- it's as you say, it's a, a Bond cold open, isn't it? Yes, yeah, you've got the cold open. It's he's underwater, and you're like, oh, is he wearing a tux? Is he wearing a tux? And yeah, it's, no, it's a great uh, homage to Goldfinger. Yeah, I mean, sadly, he doesn't have the duck on his head like Sean Connery does. Yeah, and he's not wearing the jacket. I thought that was quite true because he takes off the scuba gear and he's, he's got the shirt and the bow tie on. Uh, the jacket is, I think, elsewhere. Elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but the the moment I did like that uh, goes past Bond is him splashing on a bit of. Aftershave. Yeah, yeah, that that that's attention to detail that Bond didn't even think about. Yeah, because imagine being in a scuba suit is going to be quite sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine like drenched through dinner shirt. And then we get obviously uh, James Cameron showing that it's a James Cameron film. You've got the the fact that the guards who've got I don't know if you noticed these small details, but I was you're looking out for them in a Cameron film. The fact that we talked about this at Aliens at the start, where there's like the robot that comes in and the blue laser light. <laughs> yeah exactly sound effects sound effects and sci-fi yeah. and even in this you know it's like the 90s and it's just uh, two guards checking invites but the guard has like state of the art clipboard with a little light attached
attached to it and he's got a light on his pen and it's like I mean that would just be a tablet today yeah. but it was obviously back then so how do we make it how do we make a clipboard look really futuristic and lots of bluish lights searchlights everywhere yeah that 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 event has got some serious serious just guards with dogs and Kalashnikovs and guards just for a, for, a, for a ball it's a little bit OTT yeah but suits them drives the plot along that is true and then obviously we get to see the guys in the van we yep. get to see Tom Arnold I think it's safe to say probably Tom Arnold's best role or maybe one of the few films that you and I have seen or could stand of Tom Arnold yeah I mean I think obviously it goes without saying that Cameron took a punt and wanted the world to see Tom Arnold in the best light because he thinks he's great and a great talent and this film proves that he is a great talent yeah no he, apparently he uh, Cameron actually lobbied hard for the casting yeah, of, didn't he of, say uh, he wasn't going to make it without him yeah, yeah. Um, so apparently at the time Tom Arnold was going through a messy divorce with lovely racist Roseanne Barr <laughs> so yeah it was a very messy public divorce and as a result the studios didn't want to touch Tom Arnold whereas uh, yeah, Cameron Fortfram said, if I can't get him, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think he makes great use of him. He's got great uh, banter with Arnie. Yeah, great banter. And obviously for what Arnie's going through in this film, he has he can do some serious method acting when it comes to quirk, quirking about uh, divorce. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it's set up like a Bond film. It plays like a Bond film. And you very quickly, some you know rapid ex- exposition. We know that it's some sort of arms dealer or they're, they're following a lead. And it's it's all very quick, isn't it? It's a very slick design. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's a great... Uh, I remember watching this uh years ago with with Husey after a few drinks and Arnie oozes charisma in this scene I mean he's so smooth he's you know he's walking around like he owns the place there's a whole thing where he's you know telling telling the chefs off about the food and then he's like not to blow what are you doing in the kitchen yeah this this food's terrible and uh you know he's going around sort of introducing himself to you know all the the generals and colonels and stuff and he's just you know I say he's oozing uh, charisma and it's really nice to to see him on the sort of such charm offensive because you haven't really seen that in previous Cameron outings have you I mean obviously Terminator 2 as you say has some odd comedy moments but it's great to see him being smooth yeah and you can tell that there's a certain respect and love of the spy genre itself maybe not just all you can't just place this all at Bond, James Bond's door but it's like it's very yeah we're going to make a spy film we're going to do it like this and it's kind of like what would an American CIA because they're not they kind of are CIA what's Charlton Heston's team called the Omega Sector yeah so whatever uh, but yeah it is kind of like let's have a look at the American Secret Service the sort of MI6 and I, I think they do they do a really good job and I mean there's one of my favourite moments I've just got in my notes in brackets perfect Arabic I've made a note of that as well <laughs> ah you do drain the tank and it's just like what is the point of that Joe's like perfect Arabic but yeah it's um, it's great because yeah obviously Arnie's got his his like, iconic thick accent so it's yeah amazing <laughs> to think that he's speaking perfect Arabic in his uh, in his Austrian drawl well it's his CV isn't it it's like what can he do and then he's very quickly mm. in the room he's taking the data with some very high-tech equipment i love the uh, i mean obviously just shows sign of the times all that high-tech equipment the size of that computer hacking transmitter is huge it's like don't get me started on the crt monitor (laughs) (laughs) i think it's a weapon um but then we get to uh we're introduced to cassandra (laughs) Cassandra. oh no it's it's tia carrera but the 90s loved tia carrera and so did every man i know she's just lovely but whatever happened to her i mean you know after this in sort of wayne's world she i don't really remember cropping up in much else no, I haven't seen her in much else. Um, Probably, I imagine, a lot of director-to-DVD type stuff. Maybe, yeah. Well, maybe, yeah, she, maybe she became a writer or, or maybe she became the cat lady. We don't Cr- know. Crazy we'll, cat lady. We'll find out. Tia, if you're listening, please get in touch. Get in touch. We worry about your safety. We miss you. Uh, Deeply. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you've got... Um, We've got the great tango scene, which apparently uh, Arnie spent months rehearsing. 
Yeah, and then all of the camera work is head and shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> Don't show his feet. Um, and he's literally dragging her around by the scruff of her neck, yeah. and she's basically dry humping his leg. Yeah, and it's it's a nice dry hump. It's like uh, we've just met. Hi. I'm wetter than an otter's pocket. <laughs> I love the fact that Arnie is in one line of heaven. In this, like, everything that he comes out with, it's sort of like, this is my vehicle, this is my comedy vehicle. Yeah. It's just like, so Arnie, you're going to need to make a a lot of one-liners is that yeah. i'm in i mean he's yeah he's uh trying to out more roger moore isn't he yeah and doing doing a great job of it and you've got obviously i think one just to finish off what we were saying about tom arnold just to have i think he's got such thick skin you know if you think about this you know the fact that he's almost playing a parody of himself mm. in this and then the only other time that we've seen him pop up is in the simpsons oh, well, i'm a big guy and i'm good with nuts um yeah it's, well, it's, 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 it's a halloween special isn't it yeah where... when they're all blasted to the moon it's like wait a minute poorly sure they're all on the, the spaceship that's being sent to the sun yeah there's there's two it's the end of the world and there's there's two spaceships to escape earth one's going to set up you know a, a new colony with the biggest and brightest minds and the other one's with all of the worst people in the world and celebrities including tom arnold who you plays know, himself yeah hats off to himself plays himself tonya harding poorly sure <laughs> rob schneider <laughs> So yeah. Anyway, we we're we're in the cold open and the chase ensues, and it's uh, a very well produced chase. So I want to ask, what was the original escape plan? Because he's like, I'm going to go out the front door, yeah. and then it's just like ballsy but stupid. But what was that plan? Was he going to get back in the scuba gear? Because he seems to go out for the, I'm just going to blow up everything and and yeah, shoot. You know, a bit like um, when you're playing Hitman and you've got the opportunity to take everyone out really smoothly and quietly, or the way that I play Hitman, which is running around gunning everyone and hoping you don't die weapons free <laughs> engage you have been discovered you know there's that noise off Metal Gear Solid yeah <laughs> You've been spotted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Running, running, gunning is. Uh, I do like a bit of stealth, but uh, it's tempting just to go and for the loud exit. And which to is be what fair, it's, Arnie it's, does. it's Arnie. We can't imagine him doing much stealth. But um, yeah, it's again, it's more Bond homage. It's bastards and balaclavas. Yeah, shits on skis, <laughs> dogs. But the the one thing I've noticed uh, in this is. And I remember watching it. Uh, I watched it at the Prince Charles Cinema a few years ago, and. There's some really bad use of obvious stuntman, of Arnie's stuntman in this. There's a guy with a lovely fetching wig. And pretty much that whole scene where he's running down the hill being chased by the the, the bastards in in, uh, balaclavas is another guy. And... um, It's when he stands up. (laughs) Yeah, when he (laughs) stands up. And it's not just this scene. There's loads of scenes throughout, and I probably will just keep picking up on it. So apologies in advance. But the one question i want to sort of ask and it's almost a rhetorical question but this film as uh, as yet and a lot of people have moaned about this is still hasn't got a blu-ray release um so both this and the abyss are two and they're the ones that people are calling out for yeah. and they're saying that he's too busy working on the avatar on, on avatar i mean he has addressed saying yeah he, he is going to be he will get to it at some point but my thinking is that Cameron being Cameron being a perfectionist will probably like he has done with the latest release of Terminator 2 you know that bit where he jumps off the storm drain yeah and it was clearly a stuntman in the new version he's, he's put d- on his he's face digitally edited on his face so I'm thinking deep right, it. I've, I've got to go through all these stuntman scenes and true lies and oh, redo it we use so many stuntmen <laughs> <laughs> so no be in, I, I will be genuinely intrigued when when Big Jim gets around to doing it whether he does do a bit of I think he will digital trickery which you know I'm I'm all for you know if, as long as it's not Star Wars level of tinkering I think you know a little bit of tweaking of effects and stuff like oh, that is fine occasional bit of rubble in front of somebody's ball sack <laughs> <laughs> indeed covering up your ball sack if you uh, haven't uh, having the foggiest to go and check out our Terminator 2 podcast can I just tell you how much I love the computer business? <laughs> so, so Arnie's back home in yep. suburbia. Believe, and can I just say that from somebody who spent his career working in software sales, um, Arnie's a more convincing salesperson than a lot of the people I've worked with. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just selling to his wife. Yeah, and she's lapping it up. 
but uh, I'm also interested in the software, Harry. So if it's still available, <laughs> I'd like to sell it. <laughs> I'm interested in what you're selling. So yeah, we get um, you know get to see uh, introduced to his family, and we've probably got one of the most dated bits of dialogue in in any film in the 90s where Tom Arnold says you're not her parents anymore her parents are Axl Rose and Madonna yeah I think that was even dated for 94 I think it was I think it was trying to pigeonhole him as being out of touch or, or James Cameron is I'm hip I'm cool I know Axl Rose and Madonna <laughs> Axl Rose did the music for Terminator 2 <laughs> But also I noticed, because uh, I think there's a few things. Obviously, you've got the cool gadgets with the the camera and the cigarettes. Foreshadowing. Yes. Yeah, some great foreshadowing there. When Dana rage quits. Dana! Dana, Sorry. when she rage quits the house, it's like, I get the feeling that motorcycle exiting a row was how James Cameron dealt with his parents when he's home because it's in Terminator 2 obviously yeah and uh, with, I think with John with John and I sort of like I think he solved a lot of his arguments with his parents just by just riding, get, get riding uh, angrily off on his bike yeah on somebody else's motorbike so, so somebody else's bike it's not my mom probably listening to Axel Rose yeah and then we're quickly at the Omega Sector um, I love this bit I always this is one of my sort of favourite bits in this film it's just a pure Cameron sort of design thing of where they're walking down the corridor and you're seeing the x-ray with all their guns and stuff and then you've got sweet Janice the receptionist with the uh, the 9mm under the table just still doesn't trust them please go to the retinal yeah retinal scanner sir uh, I just love that sort of production design yeah he's, it's the attention to detail actually speaking of which um, when I was uh, watching this I know there's one name that popped out um, the production design was by a guy called Peter Lamont I think and he has been a production designer and crew member on a lot of Bond films so oh, it's so interesting the- that there's a lot of similar sort of in terms of the set design and things like that and in terms of yeah sort of the staging and stuff it is quite Bond-esque because they've got someone that's worked on the Bond films and I think he thinks of a lot of things we talked about the aftershave when he's getting ready to go in on the first mission I think they put a lot of things in this film that have been missed out of Bond films so you've got the fact that what happens especially because Bond isn't married so there's this dynamic what if Bond was married it's like well his wife's going to call the office yeah. so they're going to need to have a receptionist and so, and then and it's the whole cover it's the fact that James Bond's uh, cover or uh, is never really dealt Addressed. into well, in any of the films because he's always so bad he always, always blows it by act two hello I'm James Bond <laughs> it's never really um, taken advantage of and I know and I like that that level of detail that when he gets back from the mission Tom Arnold's like right here's your ticket stubs here's you know your receipts and stuff like that and it's yeah here is your cover story yeah because it's things that we that we haven't seen and your wedding ring uh, oh yeah and I, I get a thing that that's something Tom Arnold added in oh yeah and of course you take your wedding ring off as well couldn't, couldn't my alter identity be married <laughs> no not at all um, so yeah we're, we're at the Omega Sector um, which is a, a homage to Charlton Heston who is the, the head of uh, the, the the division because he was obviously in a film The Omega Man yep. which uh, was a adaptation of I Am Legend well I or vice versa I am, no no I am I, I am, the, the film sorry the book I Am Legend was adapted into the Omega Man and then uh, at one point in the mid to late 90s Arnold was involved in was was close to making I Am Legend with I think Ridley Scott that's a good film that was never been made better, that would have been better than the CGI a lot, lot of things are better than the Will Smith got. CGI yeah. however um, the other thing that I didn't really sort of I thought it was more of a Bond reference but reading into this apparently the uh, Charlton Heston are, are you know the 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 great gun nut that is Charlton Heston. His whole look of eye patch and growliness is based on the Marvel Comics iteration of Nick, Nick Fury. Nick Fury, yeah. Um, so yeah, in up until the uh, I think it was the the main sort of yeah look of Nick Fury in the comics was yeah a grey grey grizzled <laughs> white guy with with the eye patch, and there is actually a lovely straight to DVD uh, Nick Fury movie starring David Hasselhoff that we maybe need to check out. Oh my god, you know what we're you like. know pre pre when Marvel was really in the shits and sold off everything. <laughs> I think what was that last Hasselhoff film we watched? Oh, Bailout. Oh, that was amazing. 
that were the film that we thought was too it was working on more levels than we could understand <laughs> it was actually deeper than we realized yeah i don't think we're going to cover that but no more david hasselhoff films so yeah I, I think the attention to the spy trade craft you could call it is top notch it's well portrayed and cameron covers a lot of bases that i think you could argue no other spy film has ever gone near so i think for me it's very refreshing it's like it feels more grounded in a way obviously the silly stuff's coming later but the, but the actual setup of the organization all the tracking and yeah. searching yeah it is very much as you see in stuff like you know the jack ryan films and things like that i also thought those the because the two i sort of direct homages to terminator 2 were the motorcycle rage rage exit mm -hmm. and also the as you were just talking about when she's got the gun the entrance to the sector was very cyberdyne yes one two three uh, and turn and then <laughs> obviously we have the massive terminator reference of oh arnie you need to put on these sunglasses at night and, yeah and walking down the street i thought he looked like kimball out of the um kindergarten cop as well you know at the start of that yeah, well, it's almost the exact same getup he's wearing a trench coat and sunglasses well apparently um, when he's trying to be one, a badass at the one, start of that film, one of the um, one of the terrorists that attacks him in the toilet is dressed very similar to his look in Terminator One, and he's before he's all burned and leathered up. And I think now is a good time to talk about first memories. Are we going to talk about that scene in the mall? Yes. So, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. We'd been to the states just before this came out, hadn't we? No, it was after afterwards it's definitely afterwards but we recognize so anyway the georgetown mall in yes. washington that he goes into we've been there we 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 had been there very recently we'd been there or we'd been we'd stopped at washington on the way back and i think it was a year or two after the film came out but we then recognized that we've yes. been there yeah we've been to the mall and that toilet doesn't exist <laughs> i had to visit the toilet just to be sure yeah oh was that it yeah so we did we went after Yes, definitely. Okay, okay. okay. Um, because, yeah, I got excited about visiting the toilet from True Lies, even though it didn't look anything like the toilet from True yeah. Lies. More evidence of the film nut that George was. Even so. back then. But, yeah, uh, the, the other thing, again, um, apologies if we keep bringing this back to Bond, but it is a massive Bond pastiche, is this is, you know, bathroom brawl. This is pre-Casino Royale and pre-Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah, and it's a decent brawl. It's a it? really decent brawl. And, again, some more lovely, delicious stuntmen. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you've got that whole comedy element of it keeps cutting back to the old man on, on, on the can. Yeah. As you say, it's a brutal fight. It's really well edited, good music. Yeah, uses the camera well. It's a nice little trick. But yeah, you enjoy it. You see it's what's coming and it's like, how how is Arnie going to be uh, matched? And it's, it's the spies on, you know, they've got a tail in their, in their hometown. The yeah, and there's 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 no sort of subtlety. There's just lots of gunishment, lots of willfully firing all over the place. Yeah, Tom Arnold gets to see some action, gets to see some, uh, and then we're introduced to the big bad of. Uh, yes, the, I thought there was his his lackey. So. Um, What's uh, I can't remember the guy. He's, he's obviously our our man from Living Daylights. Yeah, um, but his lackeys. There is some definitely duka 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 <laughs> in the back of the car. <laughs> yeah. Lots of sort of garbled, very evil Arabic. Yeah, but yeah, it obviously results into let's get silly. We've got horse versus bike. Yeah, uh, both of them getting in the lift. Apparently, Arnie did a lot of his own horse stunts because he remembers he did a lot had to do a lot of riding back in his Conan days. I know. I can I can see, you can see it's him on the horse and I think what's interesting about that is the fact that oh yeah let's have them go into the hotel let's have them go the lifts and but it's the fact that Cameron just keeps the chase going you oh know? yeah it keeps getting more and more ridiculous um and even up to I think the um the bike jump jumping off one building into a very convenient swimming pool did across they the actually do that no no no, no. Oh, um but uh yeah, you've got, I mean, uh, some great banter between Arnie and the horse. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, one of the lines I love uh, that sort of, um, when they're back at the place discussing it with Charlton Heston, it's like, they call him the, the sand spider. Why? Because it sounds scary. <laughs> <laughs> nice little bit of brevity. But, yeah, I think it's what's good is that it's set, it, it, it sets it up without having to go into too much detail. And something that I because we we kind of take a break they they're being surveilled and they are surveilled they are they're being watched sorry uh surveyed <laughs> Surve surveyed uh, get back to us on that stalked um so yeah but it's the fact that they are actually doing their spy their tradecraft yeah and lo and behold 
Arnie finds out that um, his wife may be having an affair or on the brink of having an affair. And we go into a different realm, don't we? It's like, well, yeah, this is... Um, it's an interesting direction. So that's your sort of act one and it's almost like yeah you've got two different stories you've got the the main thing of the the crimson jihad and harry and gib uh, tracking chasing them um but then act two release bill paxton yeah and we love that guy he's amazing i mean yeah there's um yeah obviously we've talked about our love for bill paxton in uh, the aliens uh, podcast and uh, i think everyone you know he was definitely taken for us uh, you know too too early far uh, too early um but for me this is probably my favorite bill paxton role i mean he's done some great roles uh, like right until recently um i was listening to a podcast recently talking about uh, edge of tomorrow and i forgot he's brilliant in that as well but yeah i think this is is paxton at his slimiest and funniest i think what's great about is the range that he gets to show because you get him being the the sleaze which is why i call him like a young ron burgundy yeah you've got the you've got the sleaze yeah. uh packs the character then you've got him when he's pretending the to brava- be the bravado yeah when he's pretending to be the spy look after the suitcase for me my life depends on it exactly and then you've got him when he's like pathetic <laughs> i got a small dick <laughs> would a spy piss himself <laughs> So, I mean, I think that is a real testament to his... Um, his range. To his range. And yeah, I think, but uh, apart from this, yeah, I think Edge of uh, Tomorrow or All You Need Is Kill, as it should have been called. Um, or that, live, live, Die, Repeat. That is, that's brilliant because he's so, you know, I think he's so, he pulls it off so much as the military character who's seen everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, great, great performance from him. And just great to see those two together, you know, just, just Arnie's reaction to it. <laughs> those idiots. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, yeah, you know, works on all the ladies, you know, not just the skanks. And then he goes, well, actually, most of them are skanks. <laughs> but we'll, I'm sure we'll have to chuck in some... Uh, well, some- put in some bill. Yeah, put in some bill. Suppose you have an angle. <laughs> it's killer. I mean, look at me. I'm not that much to look at. No, 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 I can be honest. But I got them lining up. And not just the skanks either. Well, some are. So what's the angle? Oh, no. Sorry. Trade secret. You and I have talked about this before, and we're saying this sort of act two is on the verge of being a bit baggy, but there is some great, you know, comedy moments. There's a really nice inversion of the characters, the fact that it's now the tables have turned. It's Helen that's being deceitful, and she's, you know, coming up with the stories, and you can just see the rage burning in Arnie's eyes, like, no, I know you're lying. Yeah, and the uh, fact that she's fallen for a guy who's apparently a spy. Yes, <laughs> Carlos. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it's... um there's some uh, there's some great banter there. There's some great visual moments. There's probably the most offensive and hilarious line from Bill Paxton. She had the ass of a ten year old. I still can't get over that. Whenever I hear that, <laughs> and I think that's just the point before Arnie breaks his neck in his dream. Yes, that is um, that whole thing is <laughs> that whole scene is is great. And apparently that's very similar to the the French original Le Total. The does have that whole subplot with and he's called Simon and he's a sleazy uh, car salesman and Isn't stuff like that. Car significant hasn't it been in another film or something uh, I th- I'm not entirely sure I mean it, it might be it, it could have been Charlie Trivia if could have been Charlie Trivia if I'd actually well, done any I'm going to ask a question because when Simon picks up Helen for his mission he picks her up in an underpass and it looks very similar to where we first see the arrival of the T-1000 and, and, and his bull sack <laughs> and the bull sack covering rock <laughs> yeah I didn't look that closely but it looked very familiar maybe it's just you know LA probably seen it in, in tons of films but yeah, I think, I mean, we're probably better to get to this when, when we sum up. But yeah, I think there's a lot of this film which works 110, 150% in terms of enjoyment uh, when you see it for the first time. Because that, and I don't think that's true. I wouldn't say that's that's a trait that Cameron has. I think actually most of his other films are really set up for repeat watching because they're so good and you enjoy them. But with this film, I think there's a lot on the shock, the awe, the novelty. Yeah. And yes, going back to it, I think if I could level any criticism at this film is that it's probably about 15 minutes too long. But that is, that's picking heads. And I loved it when I saw it. And yeah. that's what it's about. It's about and, how you enjoyed it at the cinema. And if anything, it's just getting to spend more time with Bill Paxton. And yeah, I, I, that's the thing it's seeing him and Arnie and that, that whole thing and the, the ruse it's like yeah that, well, that, no, but that's it you've got like some pure like 
Cameron moments. Uh, very similar. I mean, we haven't mentioned it already, but it's the same um, composer, Brad Brad Friedel, I think. Brad Friedel. F- Friedel sounds like the goalkeeper, but it's not the Brad Friedel. <laughs> but Brad. I have Fiedel. no idea what you're on about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the same same guy, Brad Friedel. Fiedel. Fiedel. Doing the soundtrack, and it's at times very Terminator Two y. And there's obviously there's there's moments of like it's helicopter tracking shots. Yeah. Very dramatic music, and it's just like we're back at Cyberdyne. Oh no, we're not. Calm down. Um, but there's a uh, speaking of which, the helicopter pilot when they're you know following Helen and Simon's like, oh, she's got her, her head in his lap. Woohoo! That's James Cameron's voice, isn't? It? Yeah, she's yeah. got she's got her head in his lap, all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, you've got that that brilliant moment where um, the camera, the the helicopter spotlight's just lingering on Tom Arnold, who's walking around, he's been kicked in the nuts, just yeah. son of a bitch. <laughs> but yeah, my just just to hope. Uh, to cap off our, our love of Bill Paxton one of my favourite moments is that when he's being dangled over that edge of that dam sort of panicking for his life he still is trying to close the deal he's like hey it's you you still interested in the vet <laughs> <laughs> like uh, on the edge of death he is trying to close the deal yeah no I mean it's a brilliant character and as I say it's an interesting diversion it's obviously setting up they obviously because I was like, why, why, why did they do this way? Well, they had to do it. He wanted to do an interest. The reveal of him being caught by of Ellen finding out of involving Jamie Lee Curse had to be, and obviously it sets up how we how we're left with him at the end of the film that she's in on the game, yep. Boris and Doris. Um, but I think the the thing that I hadn't noticed the first time round is that in the the trapping of Simon and all of that resource that Arnie is using he takes he's actually taking it off the surveillance of, of the, the of the terrorists and that sound spider sounds, god I'm too scared don't don't call him that um, and that's that's how he gets tracked down and that's why he doesn't see it coming and he's knocked sideways and so, taken hostage so it's basically Arnie's fault basically get... Arnie's jealousy is his undoing but Charlie I've got a question for you do you want me to dance for you <laughs> do you want me to dance sexy <laughs> do it do it do some more uh, yes we have the um do it slowly yeah uh, what is this for uh, no but what uh, is this sheet <laughs> <laughs> and he's smoking while he's doing it how do we make him, a Frenchman how do we make him look more French give him a galois yeah berries too much but <laughs> give him a galois still smoke inside in the 90s but yes this is uh, obviously a very memorable uh, scene for many a, a teenage male um, I was more impressed by her performance in j- rather than the the sex the sex stuff. It's what to to quote uh, Mads Mikkelsen from Casino Royale. You take tremendous care of your body. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, this is obviously it's. Um, I think this. Uh, I'm going to talk about the the whole sort of um, tr- hot water this film got into in terms of its representation of uh, an Arab nation, um, or you know, sort of just general disregard for it. But uh, this film also got into a bit of hot water in terms of its being a bit misogynist. Um, yeah. This whole scene saying, "Oh, it's uh, you know ev- the, the film's having a, a laugh at uh, a Jamie Lee Curtis," but. I would I would argue that it's it's an empowering moment for her. It's her being from being a dowdy housewife. It's her taking charge. Yeah, I think as I say, it sets up the fact that she's got she's got what it takes to be a super spy. Mm. You know, and could it have been done in a different way that didn't involve her having to do a sexy dance? Yeah, I mean, you know, and but the thing is that. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis, I think, is you know understated, but she is a, a fantastic comedy actress in this, and she really has some of the, the funniest moments in this film. Yeah, and she steals the one-liner. She plays, as you say, the housewife, and but very self-aware. And I, I love that that scene of her sort of suiting up just before she goes into the room. She's like, no, and then yeah. she just shows it, and it's like, pow! And it's yeah. like that is just—it's an amazing. I don't know. It's just this amazing presence that she has, and she shows it in all of her films, but she doesn't. Do those types of she does she's done horror obviously we know we've we've we know what sort of career she's had with halloween and that but for us it's always like um trading places yeah uh, and this but in those films she shows that she's got just this amazing range and presence and but could you not recognize your husband on the other side of the room especially if it was arnie not when the room's lit by james cameron no (laughs) (laughs) more blue light more blue light. just shine it in her face um but yeah you get that whole um brilliant moment of um when uh 
when that she's convinced that the, the the jihad are after her and she's like harry let me take care of this <laughs> but then uh, one of my um i forgot about this line when they're sort of um arnie's trying to plead his case with uh, with juno skinner tia caroni goes she's just some wacko hooker I've been down at the bar <laughs> Um, but he has a lot of fun with that dynamic it's the yeah. fact it is the reveal and you can just see her going what the hell and we get some of the most satisfying work in this film is with uh, seeing what Arnie does to get him and his wife out of a tough situation yeah and there, there is yeah so we I think we are firmly in act three territory so we've got rid of the we've got rid of Bill Paxton but we're now we're now at the you know a good half hour 45 minutes of gunishment let's blow some shit up but there is before it all goes pyrotechnics there is that brilliant um interrogation scene uh well obviously we've we've skimmed over the um uh recording video recording your message to the masses yeah better as is and how many times have we made that joke to each other you and i still do that whenever something has low batteries better as (laughs) Um, and I didn't realise until doing doing research on this that I thought he was trying to it was some sort of Arabic spin on batteries but he's saying battery Aziz because the the sound spider's first name is Aziz Um, but yeah you've got some great interplay with the truth serum you know sort of like have you killed anyone? <laughs> yeah, but they were all bad. They were all bad, honey. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so there's some great from both, you know, they've got him and uh, Arnie and Jamie Lee Curtis have brilliant chemistry together. Yeah. Um, and recently, actually, I saw that uh, she, I think, shared on her social media that they had a catch up. So they're obviously still in touch and stuff yeah. like that. And everyone's like, make True Lies too. Please. Make, make it, it make it your kids. Make it your kids, Marty. Make it your kids. Um, so where are we? Oh, well, yeah, it's it, explosions. Well, why don't we just uh, hijack some nuclear weapons and hold the world together? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, they went there. It was like, what are we going to do? It's like, yeah, okay, so you do that. But even that, he puts a new fresh spin on it. One, the warhead is encased in concrete too terrifying it, it goes off yeah so but yeah. We're, we're, we're skipping heads because you've got some brilliant uh cameron you know gunishment porn you've got like slow-mo you've got the well the way he takes the way he gets out of the interrogation things i'm gonna use you as a human shield <laughs> and he does everything that he says yeah. he's gonna do but then you see him stumbling so he's still you see him stumble once and then he's all of a sudden ki- killing everybody rambo with a rip shirt yeah um but yeah there's um so, some great um, action like muddy shots in that there's some again some very dubious use of stuntmen um, but there's the <laughs> the whole bit with the which is like something out of hot shots the oh, the, the, Uzi, the, the, the Uzi falling down the stairs and killing <laughs> everyone apart from Arnie and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis it is a brilliant moment I mean yes it's it's ridiculous they're but having fun they're having fun and, and I think that, yeah, throwing an Uzi down have you ever had as much fun as throwing an Uzi down some stairs <laughs> I'm just wondering why it just won't stop um, but yeah, the whole again, we're sort of in very much sort of reminiscent of Terminator Two. Uh, you know, Brad scores. You know, horns are blaring away. Arnie's torching everything with the the petrol tanker. Yeah, it's and, some great great gunishment, as we uh, say. Explosions. Yeah, I say, and that money shot is pure Cameron. That bit where he's running in slow mo and diving into the water as everything's exploding. And then the the explosion goes over the water, and you see him swimming. It's yeah. beautiful camera work. Beautiful, lovely stuff. Lovely knees trembling again you know similar to license to kill it's in an action scene on on the key west bridge in florida um but again this was then go on it would be a similar setup used in mission impossible yeah mission impossible three this is a fantastic bit of of action cinema in yeah. honesty and again you know we we've talked about this in um in previous episodes we've sh- we share stuff on you know our facebook page about you know back when there was um using miniatures you know there's yeah. like so much detail and it's amazing work that they do and you can go on to use YouTube and you know look we'll at share some yeah, true lies behind the scenes but there's yeah some fantastic like so they built a I think it was like an 80 meter long replica of the bridge and uh, you know filled it full of explosion uh, explosive materials but they had to get it right because they had to build like a miniature of the van that has the nuke and they even made a replica of the, the nuclear warhead box and stuff yeah. like that so like the attention to detail and then they 
actually because I think there was an old bridge that they managed to get um, to sort of repair and then blow up. So they actually blew up part of an old uh, bridge in Florida as well. Wow. And Cameron being Cameron wanted authenticity. So he managed to hire uh, three uh, Harrier jets um, for a total fee of $100,000. Wow. Which apparently is... um, How much a minute? $2,410 an hour. Wow, but again, I but think it looks it, awesome, and they're not affected by the. It's very smart thinking because they're not affected by the EMP blast of a nuclear warhead, and that's why he scrambles Harrier jets. Oh. You haven't played enough Call of Duty. That's why I think they're the only planes you can use when you've got an EMP to worry about. Are the Harrier jets, Plus they, they can, can hover and look really cool, and they don't. They don't have the uh, electronic technology. Yeah. Oh. There's some great use of the comedy terrorists. That uh, you know, firing one out. You, you know, some rogue use of a rocket launcher. And don't they have the bird landing on the bonnet? Yes. That does yeah, the, the pelican. They're, they're undoing the Italian job esque ending. And what was the bit of trivia you were telling me earlier about Jamie Lee Curtis in this? Oh, scene? so um, Jamie Lee Curtis. So the there's that brilliant moment. So yeah, the, the bridge has been blown up. The bridge is out. Jamie Lee Curtis is having a very sexy fight with Tia Carrere. I'm yeah. very aroused. Uh, the the you know the cars you know veering towards the, the stakes the, are raised. The, the stakes st- are raised. The driver's dead. The driver's been shot in a lovely sort of fight. Shoot the driver. <laughs> but yeah, that whole stunt of where Jamie Lee Curtis is hanging out of the helicopter over the water, was being held by Arnie. I mean, sorry, a yes, stuntman. <laughs> but that was actually Jamie Lee Curtis. So she insisted on doing the stunt herself. Uh, no less, it was actually her 36th birthday that day they did the stunt and I think the car and the plane were going at something like 70 miles an hour it's nuts and apparently to give her some confidence it's Cameron that's behind the camera so he's the guy that's filming her he's hanging out the side of the helicopter filming her yeah to get that reaction but yeah it's, it's a brilliant shot yeah and very satisfying and then I think you're like okay so what what's gonna happen now because well I was gonna say we, we we kind of sort of mentioned it before but the nuke actually goes off and James Cameron is the only person that would have a romantic kiss against a nuclear warhead going off. Yeah. The man loves his nukes. Yeah, and well, I think he'd, he'd obviously shown the darker side of them. It's like, they can be romantic. <laughs> Shield your eyes, Ellen. And then, so we, yeah, we, we get some more uh, Harrier-type stuff. And again, so for this... Uh, some comedy flying from... Uh, uh, yeah, it's been 20 years. You'll be fine. It's like, like riding a bicycle. So they built a, a full-scale model of the Harrier, and I think they just hung it off a crane. Yeah. like uh, around around the side of a building it's a mixture of using a um a real uh, a full scale model but then obviously they've had to cgi out the the wires and put in some jet wash and afterburner yeah. type stuff that model was later used in the avengers film avengers assemble so when hulk and thor are fighting on the helicarrier and he falls against a plane yeah that's the plane from true nice ah trivia check that out it's a great action scene. Well, yeah, as to say, our friends over at... Um, Exploding Helicopter, yes. Yeah, so they've we, covered this in a competition of the best helicopter explosions in films. This did feature very high, but it lost out to something. No, 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 I, I double-checked. Yeah, uh, we're friends of another podcast, uh, Exploding Helicopter, and it does what it says on the tin. They they cover the, the finest exploding helicopters in film uh, acro- you know, across several decades, and they go into the sort of minutiae of what makes a good helicopter explosion. And, yeah, recently they ran uh, I think it's to to sort of coincide with it I think 10 years anniversary they ran a public poll on what was the best exploding helicopter and fortunately for us True Lies came number one why would that be George walk us through exactly what happens just to refresh everybody's memory so so let's let's just go from the start so Arnie goes to the skyscraper where the terrorists have got the nuke and are holding his daughter hostage Mm -hmm. his daughter Dana (laughs) manages to escape gets on a crane very reminiscent of a Casino Royale but that's beside the point and so yeah he takes out the terrorists lots of gunishment by I think he murders 12 terrorists with the Gatling guns on on the uh, the Harrier yeah after a skirmish of the Sand Spider with Aziz on top of the the Harrier jet he manages to fall accidentally onto the rocket. Yeah. Arnie fires the rocket, but not before saying you're fired. Through a building. Through the skyscraper, taking out the remaining terrorists in the helicopter. On the other side of the building. Yeah. Explosion ensues. It's, I mean, it's... it's beautiful. Ac- action, <laughs> it's beautiful action cinema. What, yeah. what can we say? I mean, it... 
and it's again yeah it's pure Cameron it's so stylized it's yes it's completely ridiculous but as we've said it's a lot of fun where does he come up with these ideas if you think of like T2 so it's like so so what happens like well the motor the T T1000 drives the motorbike out of the window catches the helicopter takes over the helicopter and then just, so and just these ideas of just and it like, ends up crashing into the back of a SWAT truck I mean yeah. it's yeah and then this you know you just how does he come up with these action set pieces it's just obviously really in touch with his and he loves a helicopter obviously yeah well yeah I mean, almost as he loves going underwater yeah it's the raised stakes of it all but yeah so you're getting some it's been interesting because it's been a it's a spy film and you get as I say a refreshing take on many of the tropes that have been ignored in other in other spy films you get to see what it's like a married spy which is probably the complications that come with it yeah and it's um, and it's an American James Bond it's a James Cameron James Bond type affair and I think he pulls it off as I said earlier on I think uh, sorry is there anything else we need to cover in the film because oh, oh yeah it's obviously that's pretty much the ending and then we are introduced to the fact that Harry goes back to work but this time he's got a partner yeah they're working together the married couple um, so yeah I think for this for, for me this film it just feels you enjoy it the first time around everything about it and I still enjoy going back to it now it was just when I watched it recently I was just like this is a bit because you know you look at the running time and I was like mm. that is quite a long film but it's enjoyable the first time around and it's the only criticism I can level at it but I enjoy it but it just it, you can understand why some people might say it's a tad long yeah and I was thinking about this and it probably is like it's it sounds like a complaint but it's not a, a criticism too much but it is probably the the weakest uh, Arnie James Cameron collaboration but then you know how do you compete with Terminator and Terminator 2? They were almost blowing off steam. It's like a victory lap. They're like celebrating. like, come on, we can do anything. And it's yeah. like, hey, so we do a comedy, a James Bond thing. Like that and that entire scene of him, of Arnie and Paxman, as I, said, I think I said to you, you could actually remove that. You could have just Arnie in the helicopter just rumbling them in the trailer. Yes. So that you could actually cut out about quite quite a bit of time but you'd miss out that banter you'd we miss wouldn't those. get the delicious Bill Paxton yeah or the uh, the line ass like a 10 year old boy <laughs> that's, that's true I think it is a great film there's a lot of fun comedy moments in it and yeah I, I still enjoy going back to it I mean yeah I say it's it's not as you know I don't hold it as fondly as Terminator 2 Terminator or Aliens but it's it's proper wish fulfillment. It's seeing Arnie as James Bond, and that's just a great you know fun concept. I enjoyed going back to it, and I'm glad that I because this was a film that was obviously I think back in the day would have been on Sky quite a bit, and I think I've watched bits and bobs of it, you know. And I was happy to go back and watch it start to finish and appreciate Tom Arnold because you know he's very much he's a very good buffer. He's a very good person for Arnie to work off. You know, makes yeah Arnie they've they've got back. some great chemistry, and and I th- you know I think it's it's quite clear that they got on you know behind. The the cameras as well yeah so uh i think it's time to have a quick look we've got jeff and celine they're just about to come in uh so it's time for some coulda woulda shoulda your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could they didn't stop to think if they should coulda woulda shoulda is where uh, George and I, well, George mainly, because he's the guy who knows, uh, will fill us in on other actors who were considered for the roles uh, or other important people in the in the filmmaking process who didn't get the job. It can't Ar- be that much because it was probably set in stone from the outset. Well, I say Arnie picked up the project and brought it to Cameron, so that was a given. And, yeah, we've talked about the fact that Cameron fought for, for Tom Arnold, the other Arnold. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, apparently the role of Helen Tasker was written for Jamie Lee Curtis, but lots of other actresses auditioned for it. And apparently, of all people, Jodie Foster was very close to being cast. But then, uh, due to scheduling, she did a film called Nell instead. But apparently other Hollywood uh, actresses that were rumoured for the part included Rosanna Arquette, uh, Gina Davis, Donna Sharon Stone. Sorry, what, Madonna? M- Madonna. And Axel, not Axel Rose. Not Axel Rose. <laughs> and Michelle Pfeiffer, you know, amongst others. But I think that's just a sort of a who's who of who's a leading lady at the time. 
But uh, yeah, that's the so very quick coulda woulda shoulda on but that's that. That's to be expected in a in a film like this of of this scale. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, as uh, I did mention, this film had a bit of controversy when it was released. So the American Arab Anti Discrimination Committee um, held a protest at it, its release at the premiere in Washington, and the groups uh, many groups attacked the film for its depiction of Middle Easterners as homicidal religious zealots. Zealots? Zealots? Zealots. Zealots. And apparently ended up being banned in 54 Arab and Muslim countries. But uh, Cameron's defense, he said he just wanted to use generic terrorists. At one point, he almost, I think in one of the drafts, he'd written them in as Irish bad guys, but there'd been quite a few uh, IRA-themed villains around the time. Obviously, there's uh, Patriot Games there was blown away with Jeff Bridges and stuff like that but Cameron went as far to appease people by including a disclaimer very uh, long down in the credits saying you know saying he didn't mean to cause offence it wasn't representing any religious group in any way yeah no I can, I can see that we were talking about how they were kind of positioned slightly um, which kind of leads me on to uh, my next point or our next section suspicious spin-offs Hello there. So Suspicious Spin-Offs is where George and I talk about the films, prequel sequels or spin-off series uh, that we would like to see if it were possible. I say there's been a lot of, I um, mean, you know, it's 25 years since this film came out and there's a lot of people that still talk about, oh, you know, when we're going to get a sequel and it's one of the films that people want to see more of. And we were very close to getting one. So I think in, as, as uh, close as in back in sort of 2001, 2002, Cameron had written a script for, for True Lies 2, uh, which brought everyone back together. So what, 2001? Yeah. 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 And, but then obviously a, a major event happened in the world. September 11th uh, happened and uh, Cameron made the point of saying in this day and age you can't make terrorists funny anymore yeah um, so yeah the apparently yeah the script was was written and it was ready to go but yeah they, they quickly shelved it there was I think at some point a plans to make it into a TV show I think in the in the mid noughties that uh, when the film was released apparently I, I don't have any memory of this but there was a Super Nintendo and a Mega Drive game uh, of True Lies I don't remember that but apparently uh, announced a couple of months ago McGee of all people him of Charlie's Angels and Terminator Salvation fame announced he uh, is working on a TV series for the new Disney Plus streaming channel based on True Lies so Interesting. I think it was yeah going to be that ongoing sort of dynamic of whether it is a a sequel of sorts seeing you know harry and helen as agents together or is it more the hilarious consequences of harry keeping a secret from helen i see well that and everything else on disney will will follow suit but my suspicious spin-off what i'd like to see more of obviously i'd like to see more of bill paxton but that that can't be done but the other partnership that i really enjoyed this film was between um arnold schwarzenegger and his horse and you know <laughs> call yourself a cop what was that back there i just want to see it's a, it's a, a you know 25 a bu- minute buddy cop film but no it's just a comedy series you know harry and horsey yeah because you remember it wasn't in the 90s it was quite a few buddy cop films featuring Turner and Hooch yeah. and K9 there's quite a few with uh, policemen and their dogs why not policemen yeah. and their horses why not Arnie and his horse his comedy horse yeah so anyway I, I want to just see Arnie it's present day Arnie's at the Salesforce kickoff in <laughs> Vegas and there are terrorists or there's some sort of heist going on in Vegas and he's actually half of the time he's at a sales conference for his computer software demoing it the way that we know we can and the other half he's trying to stop one of the casinos being robbed I want to see it well Tom Arnold, obviously, back on board. Maybe, maybe it's sort of like a bit of a diehard thing that Arnie has to give the the sales presentation of his life, or something explodes. I think if he doesn't sell the software, if he doesn't sell like three thousand licenses of the software, people will die. <laughs> I, I think you know that's uh, that's something I'd like to see. You haven't been to some of these kickoffs, George? Sales conventions, this uh, blood can be shed. Booyah! So um, that's suspicious spin-off. So final final thoughts. What do you want to say? What was it like going back and taking a retro ramble on on this this film that we we enjoyed so much when we were younger? Yeah, as I say, um, I I you know give this a watch every couple of years. Um, it you know it's like you know like the Bond films. They're very easy to watch. It's a good sort of 
hungover sort of you know fun frothy film to you know to soak in um as i say there are much better cameron films out there better arnie films out there but this is a lot of fun you know obviously it's got some great one-liners that you and i are still quoting to this day um so yeah i I think it's worth a revisit i think they deserve to have this sort of fun film after giving us what they have you know even just in terminate and terminator 2 but cameron yeah as you say i think this is the funnest cameron film we're gonna get because obviously he's you know absorbed in pandora but um that that sounds like something else but yeah i think a best way to describe this for me i say i i thoroughly enjoyed it growing up and this time i was like trying to pick hairs at it just to come at it at a different angle and the only thing you can lobby at it is is the is the interesting turn that act two takes but it's fresh it's refreshing Mm. it could be cut down a little bit but it isn't and i think you'd miss out if it was and i think probably the best way to sell this is that even my wife uh even she's a big fan of this film i was very surprised when you mentioned that but if you hear the way that she describes it apparently i think her parents are watching or her dad was watching it and she's like oh this this looks like action film i'm not going to enjoy it at all and she was sucked in and ended up watching the whole thing and really enjoyed it mm. so it's a great date movie <laughs> something for all those lovely ladies and i was thinking about this and maybe i'm sort of blocking it out but it's not overly gory is it i mean not at all not at all yeah. and i think one of the other reasons my wife enjoys it is you've got strong female leads you've got tia carrera as the accomplice yeah you've got jamie lee curse slutting it up yeah <laughs> <laughs> no darling she's empowered yeah she's, she's empowered. empowered it's not misogynistic yeah, yeah you're cretin yeah. <laughs> but the less said about the questionable uh, sort of uh, yes arab uh, representation yeah it is very i say muhammad jihad hasn't dated ever so well so uh that was was, that was true lies um we will be back what, what month are we? we're going to be back obviously but we're, we're going to be back probably going back to the 80s i think after this trip we are we're going back with a quite serious movie going back into stallone territory yes with the upcoming release of rambo last blood we are going to be covering first blood his first appearance as rambo so official title began is first blood not rambo first blood yeah and I'm sadly we're not covering rambo first blood part two because that is hilarious i think when we do first blood part two we also have to do hot shots part two as well yes very much so so yeah that'll be I'm looking forward to going back and looking at serious Rambo and just Brian Dennehy and uh, <laughs> I remember lots of yeah Rambo running about on the roofs it's a great film and it's uh, I, yeah I haven't watched it in quite a few years so I am looking forward to uh, revisiting a, a worthy Stallone film yeah and we won't yeah yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to that too so um, thank you for uh, all of the sharing and all of the kind comments and all the new followers and likes that we get across the social medias yes as always if you have a moment please leave us a, a review on, on iTunes so you know preferably you know why not go for the full full amount go for five stars and leave us a, a review because yeah that makes us more visible on iTunes to, to more people so you're sharing the love yeah exactly and if you've got any um, you know requests of films you'd like to see us cover we'll get around to something we'll get around to them at some stage you know we focus on blockbusters of the 80s and 90s so if there's anything that you think needs yeah get in touch with us on on the uh, on the twitters on the facebooks and yeah occasionally we check our emails yeah wonderful okay uh well this has been retro ramble i've been charlie mcgee i've been george mcgee and we will see you next time bye-bye bye-bye